Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Catholic Spectrum. This is the podcast where I talk about Catholicism, Archie's Madness, and pop culture, all from my perspective as an autistic Catholic. And today, I'm going to be reviewing the two Disney Plus Spark shorts, Float and Loop. The Spark Shorts were added to Disney Plus, I think about a few months after the app was launched. I don't know exactly when, because I didn't get the app when it came out. I had to wait to get the app because I didn't, because I wanted to see what things were going on. And to be honest, I'm not, I mean, this isn't me getting the app. I'm paying, someone else is paying for it. Anyway. And yes, I am watching The Mandalorian on there. You'll see review. You'll hear a review of that when I finish season one. I'm already on the first episode, so you'll know that it will not take very long to do at all. I guarantee it will be out before September, before October second, which is when the second season will drop. Now, let's talk about the Spark Shorts. These were originally aired on YouTube prior to the launch of Disney+. Plus. After Disney+, Plus was launched, the Spark Shorts were moved from Pixar's YouTube channel to the Disney+, Plus app. These shorts run about 10 minutes. They have less of a budget than you would normally expect a Pixar movie to have because they're so short. And each one is directed by a, is written and directed by a different employee. These are people who do not normally do the directing and writing. They just do the animating. I have not watched all six of the Spark Shorts yet because I was only interested in the ones that, were, that I'm going to talk about today. Float and Loop. So let's talk about Float first. Both of these are about different experiences with autism. The first one is done from the perspective of, an autistic, of a parent of an autistic child. The parent is named Bobby Rubio, I think is his name. Um, he has, he had a baby that was diagnosed with autism and he does not present the autism as a, as a disability. He presents it as something unique, floating. And he actually modeled the father in the story after himself. It, that's why he's got a Filipino coloring. So that he seems autobiographical. And the baby does not talk at, one, at any time. In fact, the father only has one line, and that's done at the end. And throughout the story, he notices that the baby is floating and other people can see it. And he tries his best to hide the child's disability, this child's unique ability. But at the same time, he is amazed by it. He's not fearful of it at all, which surprised me because I thought the whole time I was watching this, well, if that were my kid, I'd be scared for his life. And uh, eventually, he gets... He gets fed up with it at a park because he has to catch because he has to chase the baby around, and everyone else is looking at him strangely, the same kind of strange looks that you would expect. And eventually, it 
his temper gets the better of him and he shakes the child and shouts, why can't you just be normal? That right there made me hate Float. This is told from the perspective of a parent and not a child, and it makes the autism seem like something that is bad. That, like, he would only love the child if the child were, quote-unquote, normal. That was not good. So, no, I do not recommend Float if you are autistic, or if you are the parent of an autistic child. But the next one, I do recommend. The next pod, the next Spark short I am interviewing is Loop. This one is much better. It takes place on a lake at a summer camp. And this time around, we see the perspective of an autistic child. One who is nonverbal and a child who is not autistic and is verbal. And the, and the non-autistic child is, the neurotypical child is named Marcus, and the autistic child is a girl named Renee. And they are both at the summer camp together, and they are about to go out in the canoe on a loop, hence the title. And uh, when Marcus shows up, he is late, and the camp counselor tells him that he's going to be with Renee today. And Marcus objects, saying, aren't you usually the one who's with her? And he's, and we don't know exactly why the camp counselor is having Marcus do it today instead of him. But um, he goes over to the camp to Renee and tells Renee what's going on, and then Marcus gets in the boat, and they're both on their way. Now, throughout the entire short, Renee does not talk. What she does instead is she is playing with an app on her phone that makes a pleasant little ringtone and then it barks three times. This is a form of stimming. There are apps on that you can get for your phone that can help you with stimming. I don't know about I didn't even know about this before I watched this short. But apparently that's the case, because my stimming is different from that. My stimming, I scratch my head. So I guess it looks more acceptable to some people than playing with your phone over and over. And that's the first thing I like about this. The whole time that Renee is doing this, Marcus does not get annoyed one time. You would think that after about five or six times of seeing her do this, he would get annoyed at her. But... He doesn't even know what to do with her because he can't talk to her. Well, he can, but she can't talk back. And another thing I like about this is that occasionally we see shots of her point of view and we are clearly shown that she can't make eye contact. She keeps moving her head. We keep seeing the camera move around to show that it's not focused on him. And we also see Marcus trying to make eye contact with whatever, wherever his eyes, her eyes are going because that's what he's used to. And he keeps asking Renee, what does she want? And does she want a demonstration of different paddling techniques? And um, every time he does one of those, that upsets her because it's rocking the boat and she's afraid that she might lose her phone. 
that's important, by the way. And uh, so he decides to just paddle calmly so she can stay calm. And um, then at one point, we find out that, yes, she can communicate even though she can't talk. Because she can use the texting on her phone to communicate. She shows Marcus a poop emoji, which me which obviously means she needs to go to the bathroom. And there are two outhouses on the lake. So he goes ahead and paddles over there. And while he's paddling, she reaches out and touches the reeds that are along the that are along the way. And this suits in the and they're so gentle that she's soothed by them. And when they get to the outhouse, either A, she's already done her business, or B, she wound up not even having to go. So Marcus heads back out. But Renee gets upset, so they do it again. He says they're going to do it one more time. And Marcus decides to try to see things her way, and he also reaches out. Which Renee actually seems to like. Um, and then he sees her playing with her phone again. And he decides to show her a place where that can be a really cool thing. And so they go underneath the tunnel. And he tells her to do the phone there. And it echoes. And she thinks that's pretty cool. And then the next thing you know, a motorboat rides and goes by and the sound of the motorboat overwhelms her she starts having a meltdown and they paddle out of the tunnel and she gets so mad that they crash into the bank and she throws her phone and he does not know what's going on all he knows is that she's obviously upset about something and he's worried that it's his fault and he's also worried about what he can do to calm her down so she grabs so she takes the boat and drags it upside down over herself so she can calm down and he just sits there and waits because he doesn't know what to do eventually he comes over to her and sees that she has calmed down somewhat and he notices that she's tapping and and saying and uh trying to imitate the phone's noises so he gives her a read, and she starts tapping that the same way she did the phone, and making woof, woof, woof noises, just like the ringtone. And he sits next to her until she's fully calmed down. And then at the end, he takes her back out. And he, and she even helps push. There's an epilogue right after the first set of credits. And we see that the mom has put the phone in a bag in a rice so that it could be fixed. And there's a text message from Marcus. Do you want to go canoeing tomorrow? Now, what I really like about this is they went above and beyond what you would expect. They actually got an autistic person to play Renee. Who was also mostly nonverbal. She did in the behind the scenes. You can see that she can, that she does have some ability to speak, but not much. Um, so they got, and this is another good thing. They went to Asan. 
the Autism Self-Advocacy Network, ASAN, they did not go to Autism Speaks, folks. We're making progress. This is the first time I've heard of people that have gone to Autistic Self-Advocacy Network instead of that other place. And they helped her character and they helped Pixar characterize Renee correctly. And that's how they got Mand Mandis Bandy, I think is her name. I'll have to look up my notes again. And that's the girl who plays Renee. And like I said, she is mostly nonverbal. And they they were going to record in the studio like you would expect, but she was not comfortable there, so they actually recorded in her home. They found her through a program called Creative Growth. And they showed the process of recording it, and I thought this was pretty cool that they actually got an autistic girl to play an autistic character because normally they won't even go that go to get an autistic actress to play an autistic character. They'll get a neurotypical person to pretend, like in The Good Doctor or in, I think, Rain Man was supposed to be about an autistic person. Um, so, that's pretty cool in my book. And I really wish that more people who were going to make stories about autistic people would go to us. Because we have a saying in disabled communities, nothing about us without us. What that means is if you're going to help us, you need to involve us. That's the mistake that Autism Speaks makes. They make, they want to get rid of autism so they don't listen to us. Asan is run by and for autistic people. Sesame Street once did work with Asan when they developed Julia, when they created Julia for Sesame Street. But they were also working with Autism Speaks at the same time. And it was basically trying to see which company would give them more money. And eventually Autism Speaks gave them more money. And we got gypped, folks. I'm going to talk about that another day. But that's the bad way to involve us. The good way is what they did with this story. So I enjoyed Loop quite a bit. And I would recommend it to any parent of an autistic child or an autistic person. So, this was really good. If you haven't gotten the Disney Plus app, then then I would suggest getting it. And if you have, if you would have gotten it, then go ahead and watch Loop. Don't watch Float. Float does it wrong. this has been the Catholic Spectrum. Next time, I'll be reviewing the discography of Def Leppard from Worst to Best, which I was going to do this week, but since I got Disney Plus, I changed my mind. Um, you can find past episodes of this podcast on Apple, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn. Please share this podcast with your friends. 
talk about it on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook and Amino as Rock Lobster and Radical Edward. You can email me at RadicalEdwardJWT at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time. And until then, be excellent to each other.